Welcome back to Pool Talk, the podcast where we talk about the value of swimming pools in the UK and just how important it is to get people swimming. Episodes are released every Tuesday on Spotify and on Google Podcasts. If you want to get in touch, please send us an email to pooltalkuk at outlook.com or find us on Facebook. Hello, everybody. School swimming is such a crucial part of the introduction of young people into the lifelong importance of being able to swim. Life-changing and life-saving. Whether it is to be able just to have fun or to keep fit, compete, save a life, even a career opportunity, the ability to swim has always been and always will be a significant part of a young person's life. Even when I was teaching swimming, it never ceased to amaze me to hear so many of the older generations say that they couldn't swim, perhaps because they didn't have the opportunity when they were very young. Thankfully, those opportunities are now with us, whether it is being able to go to our local pool or for parents to pay for expert lessons from qualified swim teachers. However, it is still the teaching of school-aged children which remains the bedrock of provision for young children. Whether a school is fortunate enough to have its own swimming pool or if schools can use their local public pool. Our guest today carries the grand job title of Swimming Advisor for the County of Buckinghamshire. And Mandy Carey, who is responsible for coordinating the curriculum requirements with the availability of pool time, and within the ever-tightening financial constraints. So it is a privilege for Mike and me to welcome Mandy to today's podcast. Good morning, Mandy. I suppose the first point that we like to talk about in terms of school swimming is, is whether the ability to swim and the teaching of swimming as a whole is part of the national curriculum. Good morning, Mike. So the simple answer is yes, and here are the reasons why. Um, Imagine you're walking your dog by the local river. You slip on some mud and you suddenly find yourself in the water fully clothed. Not nice. Um, Now, this won't surprise anybody, but a study by the RLSS found that most people who end up in the water did not intend to go in. Think about how wet, muddy and slippery it is out there at the moment. The water in canals and rivers is freezing. So back to your impromptu wild swim. As soon as you surface, you float on your back for 30 seconds, keeping your airway clear as you regulate your breathing in the icy water. You then tread water for 30 seconds to try to attract attention. You swim on your front with your head out the water towards the riverbank, but get tired so you rotate onto your back. Once you get to the bank, you exit the water safely and say hello to your dog, who seems somewhat surprised at your appearance. (laughs) This would be a great response to your unexpected swim. But you'd be amazed how many adults do do not know what to do if this were to happen to them. So this response really is a matter of life and death. The problem is that many of these skills are not instinctive. We're not instinctively programmed to react like this if we find ourselves unexpectedly in a body of cold water. Many adults do not understand the importance of floating to regulate breathing, for example. And the temperature in our waters at this time of year is something around eight to nine degrees centigrade. And even in May, it can be as low as 10 degrees centigrade. We have to equip our young people with the skills to know what to do should they find themselves in this situation. We're an island nation with water everywhere, rivers, lakes, canals, and of course the sea that surrounds us. 
At some point in their life, every child will be around water. By the time a child is ready to leave primary school, they should be able to swim. They should know how to get out of trouble if they fall into the water. They should know the dangers of water and they should understand how to stay safe when playing in and around it. So primary school is often the only opportunity that some young people have to learn these important life enhancing and potentially life saving skills. For many reasons, be it financial, cultural, parental fear, many children will not learn to swim outside of school swimming. Having a good experience at school will help to build a lifelong swimming habit which will support so many different water-based activities. Think about all the fun opportunities there are in and around water, coast steering, kayaking, windsurfing, sailing, just to name a few. School swimming and water safety programmes allow children to have fun in the water with family and friends. As I said earlier, water safety is an essential life-saving skill and learning about water safety in different environments and situations is vital to staying safe. Beyond physical safety, more and more people recognise that many fitness and mental health benefits swimming brings to pupils throughout adulthood, especially during this lockdown where finding somewhere to swim is almost impossible. What's your favourite thing to do around water, Mike? Lays in the sun and stay out of it as long as I can. I think over the last 12 months, while we were um, all suffering through the COVID lockdowns, I think just the thought of being able to go somewhere warm and sunny, close to water, was, was, was such a... Um, a disappointment that, that that we couldn't last, you know, during 2020. Yeah, I, I enjoyed yeah. then, um, Mandy. You were talking of, at the beginning there about um, if you you fell into the river and your dog is looking at you on the side of the the bank. Mine would be in there with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that it won't be long before my pup does as well. So I like to do a lot of uh, sort of wild swimming. I do some in the lakes. I t- I'm, I'm a little bit of a chicken. I, I, I do, you know, or sensible, should I say? I do, I do tend to uh, swim in lifeguarded lakes. But yeah, I, I, th- I don't think it'll be long before mine joins me. So yeah. she's got webbed feet. She's got webbed feet. <laughs> I think that'll help. Yeah. Through through the winter, I've been been walking every day and been walking through our local park and Lovely. and obviously in, during the bad weather, there's been a lot of rain, a lot of flooding. You know, yeah. I, I've seen more lakes in our park than 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 green grass. And Absolutely. you can always you can always find the golden Labrador that will find the biggest pocket and just lie down in it. Oh yes, yes. oh yes. <laughs> uh, and, yes. The, and, the, and those puddles, by the way, are not lifeguarded. No, of course they're not. And no. some of them are pretty deep as well. They are as they? well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, um, yes. I mean, going back to to all of that, you can see why uh, swimming and water safety is so important. Um, so, but but, but it, is it is it the role of the school, the individual school? to teach children to swim or is it just the the more subjective case where children must be able to swim well it has become a part of national curriculum swimming for the very reasons I talked about that you know lots of parents have fear we know that one in five adults has a fear of the water wow um, as much as that yeah due to a potential you know maybe a a bad experience where they were younger or you know we know that a lot of adults had a bad experience with school swimming you know school swimming has moved on massively and um i think it's a very different experience now and i think you know organizations like swim england have done an awful lot to push the importance 
forward, which is why, you know, school swimming has become a statutory part of the PE uh, programme of study for England. Um, And, you know, all local authority schools must provide swimming at primary school level and water Mm. safety instruction. Sorry, man, a programme of study for England. Is, is, Is that a formal heading for something? Yeah, so that's, um, it's part of um, National Curriculum PE. So school swimming forms, you know, statutory part of National Curriculum PE. And actually what we like to call it is wet PE, because you can cover a huge range of your PE curriculum through school swimming programmes. When we talk about fundamental movement skills, uh, physical literacy, you know, running, jumping, throwing catching it can all be done in the water so even those schools that are um you know academies you know funded in different ways uh, free schools they have to provide a broad and balanced curriculum too and that should also just like state schools that should include the teaching of learning to swim and water safety and mm. You know, if if we're talking about um, how it fits within the PE programme, we've got to think about why. So the reasons are we want them to develop competence for a broad range of physical activities. Um, We want to make sure that they can be physically active for sustained periods of time. And I'm going to be talking about COVID and some of the effects of COVID and what, you know, why it's going to be so important um, over the next few months. And then, you know, we want children to be able to engage in competitive sports and activities. And, you know, swimming provides lots of opportunities for that um, forum as well. And then in the water, you'd be amazed how children can communicate and collaborate. If you take a game of water polo or a problem solving activity where, you know, you're asking them to think about how many widths they can swim in, in a certain time. And they've got to try and think about how they're going to improve that. There's lots of ways in which they can collaborate and communicate water safety, rookie life saving programs. There's lots of collaboration and working it out and solving problems in scenarios like that. And, and finally, of course, you know, one of the most important parts of this is the importance of children being able to lead healthy, active lifestyles and being able to choose those opportunities. Because if we go back to, you know, the various number of activities we can do in the water, the kayaking, the, the windsurfing, the, the lying in a puddle, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, we need to give them um, the choice to be able to do that and to engage in that later on. I think that's very interesting. I think what we're talking about here as, as well is is already splitting into two different things. We're talking about the the ability for children to swim and the benefits they can get to it. And it's not just about, I don't see anything wrong with chucking kids in the deep end of the pool and say swim back here or else. No, that's um, how I was taught. Yeah, it's chuck, chuck in the deep end. I think that's how a lot of people were taught. I think yeah. that, that, that could be why they're the one in five there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. statistic exists, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the ability to swim covers more than just the ability to swim. From it's in, you know, the 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 communication, the engagement, the involvement. But we also need to talk as well, don't we, about the the role, the position that the school swimming pool itself has. Now, lots and lots of uh, schools across the UK have got the the huge benefit and advantage of having their own pool within the school. Other schools have to take their children and transport them to a local swimming pool may possibly maybe even at times which don't always fit in well with their own timetable yeah. uh, because it's got to fit in with the the pool timetable as well but you did mention something about about covid now from from march 2020 schools pools leisure centers everything uh went through a series of lockdowns how, how did the 
COVID pandemic and the COVID lockdown uh, regimes actually affect the school swimming program? I'm assuming you're going to say it just stopped. Nothing happened. Yeah, so where, where obviously I'm based in Bucks, we have um, a focus group which is comprised of lots of leisure providers, lots of schools, lots of organisations. And within that sort of, we obviously we found out a lot of what was going on. Obviously, a lot of leisure provider pools were closed. Um, but school pools, and, and I think of my own school where I also teach, we remained open. So our, our students um, were able to still access school swimming when we you know when we, we did return. They, they were able to access school swimming. But those children that go to leisure provider pools were not so there you know there was a, there was a really really mixed picture going on you know we know from sport england's findings from the active lives data during 2019 to 20 there were 44% of young people averaged 60 minutes of physical activity a day so that was down by 46.8% from pre-pandemic levels and we know as well that from the first national lockdown from the courses that we run with school staff we found out that there had been a decline in young people's confidence and competence as well. And then this matched some of the Sport England's findings. Um, we've heard from quite a few primary school staff that pupils' fundamental movement skills declined. You know, and, and sadly, entire groups of pupils miss the only opportunity that they'll have had to learn to swim and develop their water safety. Um, and I've witnessed at a secondary level, you know, the impact this has had, you know, where we've had just seven pupils in September joining us who were unable to access the school swimming programs because they attended leisure provider pools, that the effect, you know, we had more non-swimmers, to put it bluntly. So, so just to go back to the curriculum and, and the requirement to be able to swim, does that mean that as we emerge from COVID, you know, either in the short term or the medium term, that there will have to be sort of a, what should I say, a back-to-basics program, Right, to provide a catch-up from, you know, to get to the point that, that school swimming was at prior to COVID. Yeah, I mean, I think no one would disagree that, you know, schools never has school swimming been so vital. You know, it's going to play such an important part, I think, in the curriculum as we, as we move forward. And we had some great news on Friday. I don't know if you heard Swim England were tweeting it. So the government have pledged to invest 10 million to support schools, uh, school sports and swimming facilities. They specifically mentioned swimming facilities, mm. which should help provide funding for schools to open their pools outside of school hours. Um, this will help some of those people who've missed out on school swimming due to COVID. Here in Bucks, we try, we're working with schools to try and ensure that people who have missed their school swimming over the last few terms have opportunities in future years. Um, so I think swimming top-up programmes will become more ever you know, more important than ever to implement. And we're already working with uh, a swimming provider um, to provide a top up for the end of the summer and autumn terms to provide at least 200 pupils who've not been able to meet minimum requirements. That's terrific. Um, That's great. Access, yeah. yeah. And we, we've previously run such things and, and case studies have, have proven that they've been you know, hugely successful. Um, and also, you know, we'll continue to promote the use of the PE and sport premium funding, people premium and the COVID catch-up funding, because these are all funds that schools have got, which will help them to um, address 
those pupils who have missed out on these vital opportunities. I think that, that I think there's a lot of interesting points there, Mandy. You just mentioned, not least of which is you know it's even more important now that children um, are able to swim. The funding opportunities, terrific. Let's hope the schools do make the best use of them. But can we m- maybe sort of just talk a little bit about the actual the school swimming pool? As you say, you know some. Uh, some school school children missed out during the COVID lockdowns because they had to rely on public leisure providers, and not every school has got a pool. A pool in a school is a very expensive toy, okay? And even if it's just used just by the school children during the school day, a lot of pools were designed for that, and maybe they haven't been fully designed for extensive use, you know, 12-hour-a-day use, seven-day-a-week use. Um, and although a school might want to extend its use, maybe from a, techni- uh, from a technical point of view, they're not always able to. Mm. Um, I, we didn't go down that route too much because obviously this is about teaching children to swim. But I'm hoping some of the funding will be available to upgrade those pools so they can uh, ex- extend their use. But, I think that's but, certainly, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, Mark, I think that's certainly from reading, uh, and there's not a huge amount of information that's come out yet, but from reading the initial information, I think that's one of the intentions yeah. of the funding to support pools to enable them to, you know, to grow their opportunity to, to hire out, for example. Outside of that funding, out, outside of that funding, how, in your opinion, how do local authorities see the overall funding of a school pool? Is Is it high or low on the agenda of a school because I, I, I would think that for a school when it's trying to attract pupils the fact they've got a pool can be a great attraction I hope that's the case but how would the local authority view that because we do hear about um, schools having to close their pools for sure since I've been enrolled over the last sort of 10 years gosh that sounds scary you know I've certainly seen a decline in school pools but one, one of the things I, I will say is that it's never a decision that's taken lightly. And uh, certainly the schools that we've worked with in Bucks, you know, the decision to close their pools takes, you know, it's, it's a huge decision because they are so highly valued by the community. And, you know, the, the schools that have them value them hugely. So, you know, we just just as an example in Bucks, you know, fairly, fairly typical example, we've got 235 schools who swim most of those use leisure provider pools okay a few use a few of these are competition pools and obviously the benefit of these pools is that children get the experience of visiting their local pools it gives them confidence in accessing these facilities later on they're often deeper so pupils can experience you know safely swimming out of their depth and they're also lifeguarded and most provide swimming teachers however the the 23 pools that schools that we have that have their own pools are usually shallow tank pools so when we say shallow tank they're in the regions of maximum 1.2 meter pools and I know you're very familiar with a lot of our pools Mike um, in Bucks so yeah they can be the bane of a head teacher's life due to maintenance costs I'm fully aware of that I've had lots of discussions with heads over the years 
You know, I'm yet to meet a head, though, who does not highly value their school pool. They're often cited as one of the treasures of the school possesses, mm. you know, and like you say, they're a good marketing and, you know, really good marketing for the school. And schools that have their own pools, if you look on their websites, they're, you know, generally they will be advertising the fact that they do. And they give the pupils, but not just the pupils, the staff teaching them a great deal of enjoyment. So, you know, I've worked with a number of staff over the years who've progressed from national curriculum sort of swimming courses courses up the ladder to qualified swimming teachers through their love of teaching in their own schools so I think you know not only do the children gain from the experience of of these pools but the the staff in the school do as well these pools give schools flexibility to plan their own timetables you know the school aren't governed by visiting a a leisure provider who says we've only got Friday two o'clock slot that's all we've got for you Um, you know many offer school swimming to every year group because they can do that because they have their, you know, the timetable is, is broad for them. They've got space to, to fit their children in. I guess often the only one of the, the downfalls is our great British weather because, you know, most of our mm-hmm. pools are outdoor pools. So, you know, we're trying to sort of get in there quickly before that, that, that rain comes down or before, you know, we have to, you have to manage the weather in these pools. But with most being shallow, they're ideal learner pools. You know, children yeah. gain confidence yeah. really quickly. Yeah. One of the issues, one of, one of the big cost issues that faces a public leisure centre is compliance. That are, you know, there's no laws, absolute laws, about the operation of a pool. Most of it comes under the Health and Safety Work Act, and and to comply with that, that that can actually be quite expensive. So, does the school pool that uses allows the pool to be used just by the school children, do they have to comply with the same rules as say a public pool? Yes, of course. Yeah, the standards are set nationally and they apply to all users for all types of pool. You know, they're, they're either national legislation, they're industry standards uh, or county policy. Usually they're all of these things. So, you know, as mentioned previously, the guidance that schools are given within both Bucks and Oxfordshire, you know, all schools have to follow that, you know, we have a policy in place which guide schools through what they should be doing in terms of staff training, in terms of pool maintenance, plant, you know, plant condition, lifeguarding, teaching, all of these things, normal operating procedures, emergency action plans. And, you know, our staff are expected to train and follow these requirements they, they have us um, available so we you know we will offer guidance to them through the Buck School Swimming Partnership and work with them to ensure that these um, procedures are put in place and when using any pool this, you know whether it's a school pool or a leisure provider pool schools are expected to follow you know the pool safety operating procedures their risk assessments schools will be expected to create their own as well but that they will be expected to follow all of the guidance. You mentioned earlier, earlier on, Mandy, about you know the extended use of a school pool and, and, and the funding that, that hopefully will be available to allow schools to extend the use. My view on extended use is where a school would, would let out the pool outside school hours to commercial swim schools, local clubs, you know, maybe the local scout or the canoe club or, or whatever. From your experience, from your knowledge of working with your local authorities that you have close contact with, Generally speaking, what is the view of the local education authority when it comes to non-school use of the pool, if you like? And, and I'm, I'm thinking specifically now about how would the local canoe club get access to a school pool at six o'clock at night when, when all the children have gone home? 
the hiring of school pools varies certainly across Buckinghamshire it varies immensely so some schools have been letting their pools for years and years mm. and they you know their business managers generally tend to be involved in that process they will have higher agreements which will follow sort of again national standards or recommendations the, the higher agreements will you know request suitable qualifications for example but you know a lot of our schools in Bucks do hire out their facilities it is varied but I, I think the council um, support it because financially as we mentioned earlier you know that there are huge costs to schools but not just in terms of the financial implications but they bring sort of real community you know pools you know enable sort of community use as well and we often get parents involved you know we've got a school pool um, in Bucks that has you know members of the community trainers lifeguards and support that pool um, and support the use of that pool outside of school hours for example to enable some of these clubs to run not just other clubs but you know other schools so we're working with a school at the moment who um, was struggling sort of financially I think largely due to Covid they'd always hired out their pool to outside swim schools with Covid they were struggling and we've actually built up their hiring to school uh, to other schools and you know that's that started to work before this last lockdown started to work really really well for them so you know there's lots of different options uh, and like you say lots of different clubs but the council do support it as long as you know procedures and protocols are in place and higher agreements uh, follow legislation and national standards. Does the school then have a duty of care to teach children to swim? Yeah, absolutely. So school teachers are accountable for their pupils' attainment, progress and, and outcomes. So, you know, regardless of whether school teachers hi- or whether a school hires in a swimming teacher to work with them at their school pool, they are still um, responsible and, you know, are, need to be aware of what the pupils are doing, how they're progressing, you know, and what they need to do next in their learning. So, you know, what, you know, swimming teachers are qualified deliver swimming and they probably have a better understanding of how to progress children quicker but school staff with the training that we provide them or the training that's available for national curriculum swimming you know they they understand national curriculum swimming they understand national curriculum PE and they know their children they know how to get the best out of their children so it's really really important that a they're trained up b they're involved in poolside within Buckinghamshire we we have a requirement that our school staff who have their own pools or even if they go to a leisure provider pool that they do undertake some form of training and national curriculum training before they take the children swimming so that they can give them the best best possible start and also understand um risk assessments health and safety requirements as well that's really interesting is it is it always the PE teacher who teaches swimming is there a dedicated swimming teacher for the whole school or is it shared between, say, does the maths teacher also teach Yeah, swimming? so it's, it really varies from school to school and varies, you know, within schools that have their own pools, it varies as well. So if a school are going to a leisure provider pool, usually it will be the um, class teacher who will undertake the training. In Buckinghamshire, we actually ask two members of staff to accompany the pupils and both to hold the training. Ratios are absolutely key in, in school swimming. 
if we're talking about a school pool, it, again, it's quite often the class teacher, but we do also recognise the Association for Physical Education state very clearly that if a member of staff is not confident in being on poolside, maybe there are, you know, unconfident some of themselves, they lack experience. We often have teaching assistants, parents who have, you know, maybe swimming qualifications or experience, they, you know, hugely experienced in swimming, who will take the qualification and will be better placed to actually be confident with the children and develop their progress. So it, it depends on the, the situation, but usually it's the class teacher, yeah. I also think that that we shouldn't miss this opportunity to, you know, when, when you mentioned you, you might get some parental help when it comes to the teaching and swimming, we, we shouldn't miss this opportunity to state also the technical operation of the pool, who actually makes the, the pool fit for use. Now, generally speaking, that will come down to, now I've got, I've got to get the job titles right here without offending anybody, the site manager, the school caretaker. In Scotland, it's the school janitor. And as you say, with outdoor pools, some of these pools uh, that might only be open for, say, the summer term, in use for the summer term, yeah. that, that operation is expected to be undertaken by the school caretaker. And in some of the more rural um, authorities, if it wasn't for the parental input, the, the, the parent volunteer, a lot of those pools just would not be able to be used. Because you've got uh, school caretakers who work split shifts. They're actually not there during the daytime when the pool is, is actually in use. They're there first thing in the morning. They're there late in the afternoon. It's, it's quite an exercise. It's, qu- it's quite an exercise lead, leading up to before the first child can get his toe wet in the pool. It is often those people that are in charge. Um, and we've, you know, we've seen schools who have struggled to maintain their pools because they have put the onus on maybe that one person. And I think over the years... We've seen more parents getting involved. As, as I mentioned earlier, we have one of our school pools that is it's got a huge community involvement where parents will also support that process and get trained up. But also, actually, you know, we've had business managers who've also taken on that role. So if you've got more than one person within the school community who's undertaken the training, it takes the load off and it also enables, you know, more flexibility. And if we are hiring out our school pools, we need a broader range of people mm. who are going to be available at different times of the day and not just within school hours, like you yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, Mandy, you, 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 you mentioned your involvement with Buckinghamshire Council and also you mentioned Oxfordshire Council. What is the relationship that, that, that is between, you know, county councils and school swimming? Obviously, every county works very differently for school swimming and Buckinghamshire Council contract us. Um, so I, I work for an organisation called the Buck School Swimming Partnership and we're contracted to provide school swimming support and guidance and training to schools. Uh, so we have our own website and we provide all of that for Buckinghamshire Council. So um, we also, as you mentioned, we provide support to Oxfordshire Council in a similar way, um, largely through training their school staff to become more confident and competent in, in the delivery of school swimming. So. Mandy, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you this morning. The phrase is often used and probably overused is it's opened up a whole new view on, on, on this particular subject. But today it actually has opened up a whole new view on this particular subject, right from making sure that that the kiddies can actually swim when they fall in the canal, whether the dog jumps in with them or not, <laughs> to having, having the most enjoyable time on holiday, to their life-saving and even their life skills. And, and the role of the school swimming pool 
as you quite rightly say, has probably never been more important. Absolutely. Bandy, can we just thank you so much for joining us today? I really do hope that, that this podcast gets gets the hearings that, 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 it, that it really needs to. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for inviting me. I, I've enjoyed it. And it, it's great to uh, obviously, I hope you can tell my passion for uh, school swimming. And it's, it's great to actually get it out there. And like you say, I hope people do, uh, do have a listen. We would love to hear from you. So if you have a question about today's episode, then please contact us on our Facebook page or via email, pooltalkuk at outlook.com. Pool Talk is released every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening.